Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. My name is David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend. We watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then I hit record. We talk about the show and lots of other stuff, too. This week... It's season premiere time, kids, so you know what that means. My guest is Matthew Arder. Matthew is back for season four, episode one, Ain't Miss Beholden is the title of it, and the original air date was September 29th, 1982. And if you follow the show at all, you know that season premiere episodes with Matthew are always fun because they're filled with a lot of history, a lot of research, and tons of memories from my long-lost youth. So let's get right to it, why don't we? Let's face the facts with Matthew Arder. Wait, why were you laughing about poop? Zach Nadolsky. Zach Nadolsky? The wonderful. In the show, and we got went to break, and he goes, I have to poop. <laughs> we were all like, we were all like, oh. you, you didn't have to tell us. I, but I kind of appreciate like his comfort level. Yeah. Like, you know, like you're like, you hint at it. Like at work, you're like, I've got to go up. I've got to take a walk up the hill. Yeah, I got to go up the hill. You know, and everybody knows you're gonna go shit, but you're not like, I have to poop. Well, you know what? Um, and then my... we laughed about the word poop, like poop. how adults say it. Like, it's a <laughs> child word. Yeah. Like, oh, I have to go poop. <laughs> well, there was that Oprah show. Remember on Oprah when they had Dr. Oz? Yes. And it's in the first words, Oprah's like, I've always believed if you speak about a subject with integrity, you can discuss anything. And today, we're going to be discussing poop. <laughs> And and the whole show was poo 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 poo, and I'm thinking, you 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 couldn't have said stool, you couldn't have said fecal matter, you couldn't have said ex, you know, it's poop, ex, you know, ex, you know, when you go to the bathroom, I'm sorry, I'm like, <laughs> I feel like there were so many workarounds, but to hear Oprah and Doctor, I was just going poop 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 poop. poop. <laughs> But we um, <laughs> we are already rolling. Oh, I'm sorry. Matthew Arter. Present. Hello. Matthew, and if so you are you're... listening, thank what? you. That means you suffered through part two of the facts of life go to Paris. <laughs> because if there was ever something that needed a part two. Yeah. We, let's call it part two electric boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, David, well, should we go back to September 29th, 1982? I think, Matthew, uh, I, it was long before either of us was born. Exactly. But I think we, we need to take a journey back in time to set the stage for what we just watched, which was the season four premiere called Ain't Miss Beholden. Get it? I see what they did there. Ain't Miss Beholden. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> but more important than anything, before we start, mm. we have to establish the age of the girls. Thank you, because I had questions. Yes. Um, right now, in this season, this is the 82-83 season, season four. Mm-hmm. So, as we stated before, all of the actresses in the show are either April or May birthdays. Right. 
So thankfully, they all turned over in age and they are all this one age. Nobody has a birthday during the the run of the show. Mrs. Garrett is 56 now. Jesus. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> she looks like she's 156. But um, Blair and Lisa Welchel are 18. Okay. Tootie is 15. Kim Fields is 13. So Kim Fields is, is Joe. Nancy McKeon is 16. Correct. Joe is 18. And oh, Natalie. Joe is 18. Yeah. Okay. Blair and Joe are about to graduate. So they're both 18. Right. This but Nancy is McKeon is two years younger. And Natalie is 16, playing 16. I'm so glad we got we, that out up front. I know. Clear. I'm glad we have made. I'm glad I've clarified that yes. for everyone. Because yeah. I know the way I just explained it. It's so yeah. incredibly clear and sensible. Okay. So. That's where we begin. And if you're a new listener, we yep. want you to know. Because <laughs> if you've heard any other episode of this, you know that already. Yeah. but Because <laughs> <laughs> I reiterate it every, every fucking episode. And it's become an adorable habit. It's like Alf chasing a cat. Yeah. <laughs> you write it in, you get a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, Matthew, since you are our resident... Season premiere, mm-hmm. uh, wealth of knowledge and information. Yeah, you uh, said that you had done some research, like you like to do. So help us set the stage for September nineteen eighty-two. I will say, and without giving away my age, uh-huh. that this is the first time I've done this research and had emotional touchstones to the things that oh. came up. Oh, okay, um, interesting. Because like I've told you before, I, I was too young to watch like the first season mm-hmm. like live and everything. Yeah. And like we've talked about before, I came along Edna's Edibles. That's my sweet spot for Facts of Life. Right. But September 29, 1982, what do you want to know what's going on? What's going on in the world, Matthew? Oh my God, in the world. In the world. Okay, okay, in the world. Let's start in the world and then we'll slowly narrow it down to television. All right. The first CD player was sold in Japan. What? In 1982. Those Japanese are so innovative. Yeah. Which means for 31 years, we have had people on the planet saying things like, vinyl still sounds better. Oh, no. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> it is a digital oh. recording of Ethel Merman and Gypsy. The Fucking vinyl from 1959 does not sound better. No. Yeah, really? The hisses and pops? that you love it. Is that, is that character? Really? I'd rather hear the music. Um, what else Which leads me to my on? question. What was the first CD you ever bought? The first CD I ever bought? I believe it was Bette Midler's Experience. The Yay! Divine. Hey, hey, why are you? Oh, wow, that was late. That was like 93. It was very late. Yeah. I, oh, my God. It David. was. Uh, I had I had my Kasingles. I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. I part. loved a good Kasingle. Yeah. Well, because CDs, because they were not a recordable. I could mix a fucking tape yeah. in my day. Even when I was a kid. Uh, and we had an eight-track player. I bought a stereo that had an eight-track recorder, so I could actually record eight tracks. Wow! From records or from the radio. Oh. Yeah. So to me, recordability was an important factor to my electronic media. Okay. Okay. So that's why. And then it still wasn't there, but then computers took over, and now it's just oh, here, click, look at this YouTube link of this song. Yeah. There's it's so impersonal now. Yeah. 
album. Um, now, what was your what was your first CD? Ethel Merman and Annie Get Your Gun, the '66 revival. Uh, the only um, the only version, in my opinion. Time Man of the Year was the computer. The computer. Yeah. In '82. Yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. What does my friend Aaron always says? The computers that it took to get a man on the moon. Yeah. Is in our phones yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, and it was rooms of these computers. Rooms, yeah, but yeah, it was the. I guess the home computer was the time man of the year. Epcot opened. E- Epcot? Now what is that? <laughs> I couldn't even say it without the tremor. Epcot. Explain what is what is an Epcot? Experimental prototype community of tomorrow. Which, if you ever want to um, watch something almost as painful as the... Facts of Life, go to Paris. You should watch on YouTube the opening um, celebration for Epcot, where Danny Kaye dances and sings to a very young Drew Barrymore. Oh. And it is... At least we know he's a homo. Uneasy. Yeah. (laughs) And we also knew what a bastard he was. So Epcot, that's right, 82. Yeah. It's been a while. That happened. What else was going on, Matthew? Two weeks before this episode aired, the world lost Princess Grace... Oh, Grace Kelly. Yeah, did you know another Princess Grace? Um, I just literally had to say that to be sure that we were talking about the same person. If you said there were two, I wouldn't I have knew, been able to refute it. I just knew you were going to say that. So <laughs> I had that in my head already. Yeah. Died in a car Grace crash. Ke- flew, over, <laughs> flew over a mountain. What? Why did you? Flew off a mountain. That's like... Bless her heart. Um, recently... I've been talking about uh, one's dating life. Uh, the thing, the term I keep coming back to is I keep saying I'm more of a Barbara Bel Geddes and not so much a Grace Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those that really that weeds out the, yeah. the people who know their fucking movies and they know the references <laughs> and don't. That is a rear window reference, ladies and gentlemen. Continue. You want to talk about what movies were out? What movies were out, Matthew? Um, E.T. E.T. 82. Okay. That was like the biggest. Yeah. Of until when? Like until Titanic came out, I think. It was. It surpassed yeah. it. it <laughs> like you're right. It was the highest grossing film of all time. I don't think Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi got near it. Yeah. And Return of the Jedi is one year later. is 83, I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. E.T. And it was a phenomenon. Uh, here's a little known secret. I have never seen E.T. <gasps> I know. I, I Holy just, motherfucking it's shit. It's never been of interest to me. Wow. Um, Annie came out, the musical. Annie. Oh, oh my God. Directed by John Huston. The <laughs> only reason to watch that is Carol Burnett. Agreed. Um, Bernadette Peters is in it as well. Tim Curry. And then when it's there, not in the show... Um, it's it's done. It's You're done with that. Yeah. It's, um, it is, and Ryan King. Uh, mm, singing. Albert, Albert Finney. Away through it, the show. Ish. <laughs> the wonderful Eileen Quinn, who never worked again. Uh, she did tour with Rent, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Carol Burnett told a great story when I saw when I was hanging out with her at lunch at Wait, dinner. You're having dinner with Carol Burnett. And like. Probably about 1,500 of her closest other friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't sit close to her. She was on stage and I was out, not on stage. But um, <laughs> we're best friends, so it yeah, d- yeah. doesn't matter. I like to share her. Yeah. Um, 
but she tells a great story about how they had to do retakes during that film. Uh-huh. And it was during the summer after she filmed it where she decided she wanted a chin. Mm-hmm. So um, she had plastic surgery. And now there's a scene in Annie where she walks into the closet without a chin and comes out with the chin. <laughs> <laughs> um, best little warehouse in Texas movie version. Warehouse? Big, big. Warehouse? Big, big year for <laughs> movie musicals. Music musicals. 1982. When you think of it. Best, best little, little warehouse in Texas. Whorehouse. Yeah. The reason I call it the best little warehouse in Texas Why? is because I, as a little boy, was a very big fan of Dolly Parton. Yes. Because she was basically a walking drag queen. Gay. Um, and I had seen 9 to 5, and even as a child, it was my favorite movie because <gasps> she was in it. Yeah. I remember um, it was on TV, mm-hmm. on HBO, and my mom had her friends over there playing Scrabble. Uh-huh. And I said, I was begging, because it was R-rated. Best was Little it? Warehouse in Texas. Oh, Whorehouse. Okay, yeah, Whorehouse, yeah. And the reason I call it Best Little Warehouse in Texas is because until I was about 17, that's what I thought it was called because that's what my mom called it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to protect you. Yeah. Best Little Warehouse in Texas. Wow. <laughs> awful. Continue. Well, I've saved awful for the TV shows that premiered okay. in 82. Yeah. We ain't even there so, yet. Um, so, yes. <clears throat> so, uh, what else? Rocky Three. Rocky Three. Rocky fucking three in 82. Yes. That means in six years, they went from Rocky one to Rocky three. Okay. We haven't even, have we gotten Empire Strikes Back yet? 81. So we did get Empire Strikes Back. But anyway, so a lot of movies. And, but this is the one with Clubber Lang, Mr. T. Oh. And this is also the Rocky three that brought us the wonderful hit theme song. Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. Which I think a lot of people have a false memory is always being Rocky's theme from 1976, but it no, wasn't. No, that at was all. flying on. That's that was me. That was, <laughs> but yeah, Rocky's theme is. So, um, Eye of the Tiger was released that year. This brings me to the music. What was going on in music? What was going on in again, music in 1982, Matthew? Uh, Michael Jackson Thriller. Thriller came out. Came out. We've discussed yeah. because it came out in the fall. It was like really good. November. Uh. Yeah, but yeah. Oh my god, that was <clears throat> that was our moon landing. It really was. Really, I mean, I ask anybody in our age group, where were you when you first when it premiered? Because it was it was event television. It was, I mean, that geez. twelve minute <laughs> video. Uh, like nothing we had ever seen. No, never seen anything like that. Directed by what's his book? John Landis. <laughs> um, other songs: Ebony and Ivory, <gasps> the, the wonderful, wonderful Stevie Wonder, <laughs> and Paul McCartney. Uh huh. Okay. Um, and Abracadabra by Steve Miller Band. The one I loved that song. Yes. You want to talk about what was on TV? Because this is where shit gets real. Because like I said, this is the first time I've done this research where I've had an emotional connection to the things. Okay, do it. All right. NBC is just starting, starting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the it's, dawn. It's it is the literally dawn the dawn. Of must-see TV. Of NBC taking over the world. Yes. Yes. And you can see it. It's in the future. You yep. can see it. It's so true. <laughs> that does not mean there weren't some turds. <laughs> of course <laughs> Sprinkled not. in, in the Rose Garden. Uh-huh. There was definitely some... Um, Manure. Um, I believe the word you mean is poop. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Square Pegs was on CBS. Oh, premiered. yeah. Shows that premiered. This is These are shows that premiered fall of 1982. Yes. Yeah, some of them, I will admit, just because it's such a pain in the ass to find out how, some of them were mid-season replacements. True. So, um, Square Pegs, um, which was for our younger listeners, or older, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, was the 80s version of My So-Called Life, basically. Oh, yeah. with yes, the wonderful it was. Sarah Jessica Parker, who has a face like a foot. <laughs> <laughs> that was on CBS. <laughs> but at least she had glasses on. Ugh, I don't get it with her. Um, she's, poor man she's married to. Um, Newhart. Newhart, the, yeah. the second Bob Newhart sitcom, and in many in many circles, more beloved than the original. Oh, completely. I will admit, I didn't really watch it. Not because I didn't like it or didn't want to. I just had other shit that I was into. All right. Yeah. I thought it was too adult for me. Like, it was a grown-up comedy show. A little bit, yeah. Because I, I didn't get, when I was a kid, Bob Newhart's brand of comedy. Yeah. So um, deadpan and so... Which is weird, because I love B. Arthur. But I yeah. think just because he was a guy, I was like, meh. Yeah. Um, but I did love Julia Duffy in it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I barely remember it. But it has, you know, that it has the greatest final episode of any yes, television show. That I'm aware of, yes. yeah. No spoilers. No for, spoilers. If you haven't seen the 40-year-old final episode <laughs> of Newhart, we don't want to kill Suzanne Plachette, <laughs> paging Suzanne Plachette. Bob. <laughs> Put her on a respirator to get her into that one. Um <laughs> The A team showed up on yes on NBC. That was a, in the spring. That was a mid season. Yes. Okay. I my research tells me that yes. Um. Mm. Ace Crawford, Private Eye. <laughs> the wonderful Tim Conway. Oh, was that the Tim? Okay. Uh huh. After lasted his... a month. Oh That no. was a mid season replacement, and it said um, it um. No, it was an 82 summer summer replacement. So it came oh, okay. in early summer 82. It didn't last beyond the fall. And it said it played from March to April of 1982. Wow. <sighs> and that was his after his failed attempt at his own comedy variety show. Yeah. After Cal Burnett went off, the Tim Conway. It was an hour, then it was a half hour. What else was on? Um, Gloria premiered on CBS. Gloria. Didn't, didn't last long. <clears throat> no, it didn't. I watched it. And it wasn't very good. Suddenly realized why Gloria was popular is because, oh, she was on a popular show. <laughs> um, here are two big hits for NBC um, St. Elsewhere mm-hmm. and Family Ties. Family Ties. St. Elsewhere, another big final show. Oh, yes, of course. The <clears throat> Snow Globe. Snow Globe. <clears throat> Which I felt, I think a lot of people felt gypped by a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Because um, that was that was really adjacent to, it was all a dream. Yeah. A terrible dream or a wonderful dream. Um, cheers. 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 <laughs> that is a biggie. However, first season, Didn't 86 well. in the ratings. But while that we're talking me. about cheers, yeah. and uh, notice I said a boot. For no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, may we also continue in this vein of particularly highlighting NBC? Mm. I assume on your list you also have Knight Rider. I do. That was the next thing I have. Knight uh-huh. Rider. Remington Steel. That's the next thing I have listed. That was NBC? Mm-hmm. Remington, Remington Steel. God, in my brain I'm thinking that was CBS, but now that I listen to it. Why you would think um, that? Uh, Silver Spoons. That's exactly the next thing I have written down as and, well. And... 
Mama's Family. Yep, Mama's Family. The network version, which lasted two seasons before it went into first-run syndication. So First show to do that. Yeah, and uh, the only other thing is that Taxi, which was kind of on its way out, this was the first year NBC... Yeah. Took it on. ABC canceled it. NBC said, gimme. So um, so just to cover that, these are the new shows just starting. Cheers, Knight Rider, Remington Steel, Silver Spoons, Family Ties, Mama's Family, mm-hmm. A-Team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you had another one in there that I Saint missed. St. Elsewhere. St. Elsewhere. It's like, this is these are major shows that would go on. However... As I said, some turds sprinkled in. Give me some give me some poop. Voyagers. Exactly. <laughs> Gavilan. Gavilan. I didn't even know how to pronounce it. How does it spell? G-A-V-I-L-A-N. Gavil I have no idea. Yeah, nobody did. Um Bear Essence is my favorite though. What is Bear Essence? I <laughs> don't even a, remember. It's, I watched a lot of this shit that didn't fly. It was but, um, apparently an hour-long, like, dynasty, as it's pronounced, oh, David. Yes. Uh, <laughs> By your t- your close personal friend, Joan Collins. Very much yes. so. Um, <laughs> um, it's like a dynasty-style show. But it's about, and I quote, the intrigue of the perfume business. <laughs> 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 Which can't everybody in middle America relate to? Oh, I mean, <laughs> am I right? Am I right? Yeah. Um, Private Benjamin. Oh, I'll talk about that in a second. No. But those are the NBC turds. Um, okay. The turds were not left only to NBC. CBS was, this is the beginning of the end for CBS. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They had a show called Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, a oh. musical television show. I remember. I never watched it, but I remember on, Thinking that that is so weird that that exists. Yeah. And the American version of Faulty Towers on CBS. Amanda's Place. Amanda's Place. Featuring? B. Arthur in the role of... Oh, oh John Cleese. Yeah. And Who are we going to get to play John Cleese in this American version? <laughs> B. Arthur. <laughs> but they kind of combined it. Both the husband and the wife, didn't they? It was like... It, it, was, it was called Amanda's. And then by they the tried sea. to reboot Amanda's it. by the sea. Amanda's by the sea. Yeah. Then it was called Amanda's Place. And then it was called Amanda. It was only on for like eight episodes. Yeah. And they... it went through three name changes. <laughs> How the fuck did they think anybody was going to find it in the TV guide? Yep. And so. there are full episodes on YouTube. And it is fascinating because it is transitional B. Arthur. Uh-huh. It's not... Fat salt and pepper mod, nope. but it's not skinny stick silver haired Dorothy's Bornack. Right. Weight wise, hair wise, cosmetic surgery wise, all of it is it is so fascinating to yeah. say this looks like exactly fifty percent mod, fifty percent Dorothy. Yeah. I love that. It's fascinating. Yes. Also a little piece of shit show called Family Tree was on NBC. Um, which I tried to understand the, the synopsis of that. Nope. It's about a divorced couple that gets married. One of them's got adult kids. One of them's got little kids. But there's little kids. One of them's deaf. And oh. it's just all this bullshit. Like an I'm my own grandpa kind Starred of. Starred Ann Archer, who was nominated for his Best Supporting Actress for Fatal Attraction. Yes. Um, but I found interesting the wonderful Melora Hardin and James Spader were both on it as well, who would both go on to be on The Office I love later on. both of them. Um, wonderful. You want to talk about shows that weren't coming back? Um, In memoriam section? <laughs> Barney Miller ain't coming back. So long, no, Barney. 
Okay. Did it end? Is it already over now? It ended in 82. Ended in 82. So it's not coming back for the 82, 83 season. Okay, got you. Yeah. Barney Miller. Barney Miller. It's a living. It's a living. The Angelian show. Yeah, which I thought went on. That went on to first run syndication. That that was like a too close for comfort or a mama's family. All right. Mork and Mindy. Yep. Goodbye. Incredible Hulk. Goodbye. Yep. Um, Nurse. Nurse? Starring a woman named Michael Learned. Oh, Michael Learned. Yeah, she was. A, I remember <clears> her <throat> being an actress of the seventies and the eighties. That name is that name is not familiar to you. No, I do remember it. Yeah, continue. Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell sisters taking their sisters and going home. <laughs> the literally the last. The uh, seriously, that was the last death knell of the variety show. Yeah. That was the only one that hung on into the eighties. They all the others had died. Well, because sitcoms were about to take over. Yeah. Um, but I love that NBC had a show called Family Ties and Family Tree. Family Tree. And thought, well, one of them will hit. Yeah. Yeah, one of them. Um, Little House on the Prairie. Yep. It would come back as new beginnings for half a season after Michael Landon. Yeah. That, that guy's a mess. Um, <laughs> and also, Private Benjamin went off the air halfway through the season. Yeah. Um, and was replaced by a wonderful show called Small and Fry. Small. Starring the wonderful Darren McGavin. Oh. <laughs> and he played this. Um, private investigator with a buddy who um, had gotten into some scientific material and could shrink himself to six inches tall. Oh, boys. Which so. comes in handy sometimes, so. but sometimes it doesn't. So <laughs> that is the extent of my 45 minutes. Thank you for all that you research. You have something to wrap it up with, Ethan? Just to reiterate, the shows that are still on and already in the top 30 and ah. continue to stay there. Yes. For NBC, mm-hmm. we still have Hill Street Blues, uh, Little House, A New Beginning, still comes in in the top 30. Amazing. That season. Um, and and the reason why you and I are sitting here, real people. Oh, yeah. That is the only reason why the Facts of Life continued on as it did, because the Facts of Life still was in the 9 o'clock time slot Wednesdays after the 8 o'clock Real People, which was a hugely popular show. And... It hel- I don't know how it held on to the audience. People would watch one and stick around for the other. There was a show called, they had a show called Monitor, which was like their 60 Minutes. Oh, yeah. That was on a night. Um, you'd think you'd put like something like that after Real People. Yeah. Like, pe- like adults are watching Real People, right? Yeah. Like, anyway. It's weird. Now, non-top 30 for uh, that season were uh, Chips, mm. Fame. Eric Estrada could get it. Yeah. Oh, Totally. Uh, give me a break. And the Cosby show is still two years away, two kids. Years away. But when that premieres in 84, you talk about lightning in a bottle. Well, and they say Bill Cosby saved NBC, but I think we've just proven Michael J. Fox saved NBC. <laughs> After Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. All right. He started. Gary Coleman paid the rent. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he didn't, like, Michael J. But, Fox became a fucking superstar he did and then he transitioned to movies who does that nobody nobody very very <laughs> michael few learned michael learned and Ann archer <laughs> um the only other thing i wanted to make sure that we covered mm-hmm. uh, the season we've just completed mm-hmm. season three of the facts of life is the only season for which charlotte ray was nominated for an emmy wow well she did that uh, was come on deserving is there a way to find out which episode she was nominated for? I can't find it. I've looked and I can't find It's hard hmm. to find out. If anybody knows, please let me know. Please. But <clears throat> Charlotte Ray did not win that Emmy. No. <laughs> Do you know who won that year? 
What was it? What year was that? 80. Well, for the 81 to 82 season. Ah. Nell Carter did. Nell Carter was. No, she did not win. She was a nominee. Okay. She was a nominee. Uh, okay, tell you what. Oh, I will, I'm sorry. I, I will give you the ones we have not discussed at all yet. Okay. Isabel Sanford for the Jeffersons. Okay. And for the Jeffersons, she had a total of seven nominations over the years. Seven. And Isabel Sanford only won once. No. The previous year. Uh, next, Swoozy Kurtz for Love, Sydney. Oh. Which was up for Best Comedy also. Sure, it was. Uh, another NBC show. Right. But I think that was the lead. Give Me a Break was the lead in, I think, if I recall. Um, Bonnie Franklin for One Day at a Time. Hmm. And then um, you said Nell Carter. Yeah. And Charlotte Ray. And Charlotte Ray. But the one who won, we still haven't said the one to one. There are six nominees. We've named five. I'm, I'm, am I going to be like, oh, of course, when and I hear it? We, honestly, I, I can't imagine you would get it because I look at this and I'm like, this is Best Actress. I feel like this should have been Best Supporting Actress. Oh, was it um, Eileen Brennan and Private Benjamin? No. Okay. Because she did win one. <laughs> I'm sure she that did. That piece of shit. Um, but yeah, this... supporting. But yeah, this is one you would look at that and you go, huh? I would think that would be supporting. It wasn't Carol Burnett in Mama's Family, was it? No. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and we're already at an hour. <laughs> I know. We, we, um, I know. I want to I draw this out for another 10 minutes. Okay. It was Carol Kane for Taxi. I never would have gotten that. We did talk about Taxi. We did. We did. But, but I never Carol Kane, I'm like... Latka's wife? I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, Mary Lou Henner was the lead actress on Taxi. Carol Kane was added later. And, and I it just, wasn't even a guest spot? Like, was she on every episode, Carol Kane? Eventually, yeah. She just wasn't one of the original. She was like a Frasier. She came in later as right. a regular. A Lilith. A Lilith. <laughs> True. Anyhow. Um, so, Yeah. So how about we start talking about <laughs> the facts of life? That'd be great. We do this every year. I have to oh. work on Monday. <laughs> and um, so season four, episode one, Ugh. Ain't Miss Beholden. And um, let's see. Matthew, normally I would say let's uh, have you synopsize the episode in just one or two sentences. Mm-hmm. But I want to try something new. This could be a miserable failure. Right. Let's do a longer form synopsis. Mm. And then let's go back and just talk about shit. Okay. And that way, we are not beholden to following the timeline and all the jokes along the way. And let's see what happens. So Why are you this... making air quotes when you say jokes? Jokes? I didn't. There was some pretty good ones in here. I actually wrote down one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so help me synopsize the episode. The episode, the essence of the episode is that Joe learns that uh, there have been cutbacks at the school mm-hmm. and... The thing that has suffered the most is the scholarship fund. Right. And I know in Joe's introductory episode, it is discussed that her mother worked hard to get her to Eastland. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's partially scholarship, but they're partially paying for it or something. But anyhow, the scholarship is very important. And Joe discovers that the Warner Textile Foundation. Foundation, or as I like to call it, WTF. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept saying it, Warner Textile Foundation. I'm like, I could have just said what WTF. Could have just said it. Um, if they had said it, <laughs> that <laughs> we WTF. It's a wonderful <laughs> company. They give scholarships. 
So Joe learns that uh, among her options for another scholarship, ain't no really other option other than this one that happens to be from the Warner Textile Foundation. And because Joe and Blair have been fighting, Joe is like, no, fuck no, I'm not taking any money from Blair or from her family. Fuck them, fuck this, fuck everybody. Yes. She goes to the extent of trying to take on odd jobs and, and non-odd jobs, working at a restaurant and working yeah. at a bike shop to try and make extra money, but it doesn't seem like it's really going to work. And then... She's like selling clothes. She's taking... Kids typing. Yeah, typing papers. Remember when that was a thing? Type. I know, type, you had to pay people to type your papers. And so, basically, Joe is... Joe, who had previously said she would rather leave Eastland than accept money from Blair's family. Well... Hence the title of the show, Ain't Beholden. She doesn't yeah. want to be beholden to, to Blair Warner. To no, she doesn't. Anybody named Warner! No. And um, then... At the end of the episode, Mrs. Garrett comes in and says, well, Joe, I have good news. Mm-hmm. You have been awarded the WTF scholarship. <laughs> to which Joe says, WTF. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't she says, apply. I didn't even apply. And Natalie says, Mrs. Garrett, you little devil. Yeah. Spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't watched the episode yet. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They, they were supposed to have watched it on Sunday when oh, I posted right. the link. You didn't do your homework. Nope. Um, so uh, Mrs. Garrett is, just says to her, well, sometimes it seems like you have to take matters into your own hands. And Joe's like, well, okay. And Joe's actually happy. And she's like, so Joe, you're not angry. And Joe's like, no, I'm thrilled. And Mrs. Garrett says, so you don't mind that someone interfered on your behalf? And Joe said, <laughs> no. And then the twist. But it wasn't me. It was Blair. And at the end of the episode, Blair basically says, look, I did this for you. And if you won't admit that we're friends, I will. And the ending is kind of lovely. I got a little teary at the end. I did. I got a little teary. We're such fucking (laughs) The end, it ends with a lovely moment between Blair and Joe kind of acknowledging that for all the negativity there is truly truly affection there and uh we do love that don't get me wrong it still ends with that awkwardly long stare and the and, awkward applause starting and a right new clap track by the way what's that a slow and it's a slower one it's now just one guy and then everyone joins in it's ah. not it's not the two uncoordinated people it's the warm-up guy yeah no, no, no but it's, it is a new clap track but it a clap track nonetheless so um we had so many things to talk about in this. First of all, the opening theme. At this point, little has changed uh, except Blair's cards. Yeah. Blair's shots. Blair now has the feathered hair. But you you don't like this hair, you said. I don't like the dark hair. Okay. Because uh, as a blonde, I know what that's like. When you don't have any product in your hair and people used to refer to it as dishwater blonde. Oh, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> wow. That's like saying, oh, you're that guy, that girl with the shit brown hair yeah. color. Her. The sewer blonde yeah. hair color. That one. <laughs> but so I, I, that's why I take issue with it. Um, it is- and especially since you just saw the card, the new card for her, Lisa Welch, and she's very blonde in it. 
So yeah, I'm wondering, we, I want you to n- l- make it known which episode she goes back to full blonde. Yeah. Like, like single when, process. Yeah. When does the dye go in? Yeah. Because this, this was clearly a frosting job. It's almost brown. It, oh, I don't think so. It's it, just it really is. it's just a much more toned down blonde, and it's a very cool blonde. It's like it's like that Florence Henderson where it's almost grayish. But it's not icy or anything. It's not. It's, uh, yeah, it's not as warm as the previous blondes. But anyhow, yes, we have a different hair color. <laughs> I like the style though. I like the feathering. Right. I don't mind it. And even getting into like the first Dead and his Edibles, like coming into next season two, where they pull up the length a little bit, this is working for me. And it is amazing how with feathering, you know, that means there are layers and there is technically less hair on her head. Mm-hmm. And yet it is still just as big and ginormous in volume. And she's still just as beautiful. God damn God, she she's is. gorgeous. God, we have never, ever not said that. Um, first time new thing and Nancy McKeon as Joe. Mm. So I'm assuming that there were some contract negotiations uh, before yeah. this season. <laughs> yeah, no, there was one, um, a, a noticeable one, I think before season six, where there were actually a couple of episodes that she's not in at the beginning. Then really? they, then they broadcast them out of order. So you kind of didn't notice but yeah, there was a full thing. And they talk about it in one of the documentaries. It's it's still very cryptic. All right. But um, none of our business, really. No. How much she made. <laughs> no, not really. Um, but I would like to know. Me too, yes. The other thing is, it will be three more episodes before we get the new uh, company portrait of all of them together. With Awkwardly the t- chuckling on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> They're all looking off to the right a little bit. Oh, yeah, you're right. They are. They're looking to our left, to their right. They are. That's fucking weird. And it's a low camera angle, and Blair and Joe are leaning down. It is. Ugh. It is so. It is my least favorite of all of them. It is so completely contrived and unnatural. And like even Mindy Cohn, like the. <laughs> her shoulders go up and down. Who the fuck really laughs with their shoulders going up and down? Mindy Cohn. Mindy Cohn. Uh, wait, no, she doesn't, because we watch her laugh in every fucking episode. Oh snap! Oh snap! No. To my see. delight, Mindy. Yeah, we if love, you're listening, we my dear love friend. you, Mindy. We love you, love you. So there's that, and then we're just talking in generalities. Mrs. Garrett's hair has once again transformed into another level of hideous. <laughs> What is what is happening? She is a woman of a certain age that is refusing to admit that she is a woman of a certain age. And there comes this... a time when women have to cut their hair short. I'm sorry if that sounds sexist. I know, but it just. But even but we saw how long it was in Facts of Life Goes to Paris. How it was like down, you know, down to her breasts. It was well, like her breasts were pretty low. Yeah, so. that's why the hair was really long. Um, <laughs> So uh, it was hair down to her knees or breasts, tomato, tomato, Whatever. same. But um, but the fact is that, you know, she had that more deflated hair with the ponytail. Well, our hair is still deflated here. Yep. But now the knot, the, the, the bun rather, that is will. now an, is literally a knot and it is tiny. Yeah. It looks like, it's like a balloon knot. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> And I don't mean that in the dirty sense, Matthew, because I know that's exactly where the fuck your brain went. 
K. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me. Are you okay? Let's talk more about Charlotte Ray's balloon knot. <laughs> but it's like the bun is tiny. Do we get to a point where you like her hair? There is a point where it's cut above her shoulders, as it should be, yeah. as any woman of a certain age, it should be. But anyhow, this Let just... Let me just, for equal opportunity, there's a certain point when men should not dye their hair either, uh, agreed. ladies. So agreed. I'm not just being a bitch about women. Yeah. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> I, I know. I was looking at your head. I, wow. Um, anyhow, so that's just the thing about the credits and their appearance and... Everyone else, Tootie's hair is the same. Joe's hair is the same. Natalie's hair is the same. Natalie, quite svelte. Yeah. This And these aren't really the thin years. Like, those are still coming up later, like Mrs. Garrett's wedding in yeah. season seven and eight. But to look at them, looking at Mindy Cones, her hips are no wider than Blair's or Joe's. Right. She's just got enormous breasticles. And also chubby face. And a chubby face. And saying that as someone with a chubby face. No matter how much I lose weight, I will always have chubby cheeks. It's 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 a thing. And the fact that this was a time when clearly people didn't understand fashion-wise. When you have a thicker woman or a bustier woman, mm-hmm. you need to embrace the busty and raise up the boobs to expose the waist because that's still the smallest part of a woman's body. Yeah. And sadly... Mindy Cohn, we watched them bouncing all over Paris. <laughs> <laughs> but her her boobs are just huge and and low hanging and clearly unsupported. Pendulous, I Pendu- believe. Is well, the word. I mean, not even that. It's just she's still young, but the fact is, you can tell they don't have the right support. That breasts that size need to be supported. <laughs> good Lord, costumer. Somebody needed to get Mindy Cohn a good bra. A good a bra. <laughs> a good bra. <laughs> so, um, and and they put her in horizontal stripes. Oh, what? what is with the horizontal stripes? They did it to Joe in the movie. Oh. Anyway, um, so okay, let's get out of this. I'm already falling into this thing of chronological here. Throw out something random about the show. A lot of lesbian references. What What are you talking about, Matthew? A lot. First of all, Joe is in camo, for God's sake. Camouflage, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Come on. <laughs> we get it. She's a tomboy. You don't have to put her in camouflage. Yeah. For Christ's sake. And, and a matching, like, olive green t-shirt, right? Yeah. Like, oh, it's, come on. Yeah. No, it, it was a little on the nose there, yes. Um, she makes a reference to um, Blair has to go somewhere and... Yeah. At the very beginning of the episode, Blair has to go somewhere and she needs Joe to do her chores. So Joe says no. And Blair goes over to her and just kind of fluffs her hair and goes, hmm. That Blair sigh, yes. She knows exactly how to get to Joe. And Joe's like, okay, I'll do your chores. <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah. Like, I'm withholding pussy from you, Joe. No. <laughs> Unless you do this, you know how I get. Uh-huh. And Joe's like, oh, anything but that. Um, the the tree reference was there at one point it was um, I probably have to suck up to her family tree yeah or I'm not yeah doing any I'm not doing anything to Blair's tree yeah I think I think Natalie kiss her family tree yeah to kiss I'm not yeah 
So there's t- it's like okay. And then to which to which Natalie replies, "You just have to rake a few leaves, <laughs> trim the, a few bushes." And innuendo <laughs> is insane. Um, she talks about being untucked. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 2D says, don't you have some money tucked away somewhere that you've forgotten about? Yeah. And Joe says, no, I've untucked everything. Everything. And then she says, um, when she finds out about the thing, she says, the American dream. You work hard, you get the shaft. Yeah. Um, so, okay, a lot of lesbian reference, a lot of... A lot of... Or yeah. <laughs> diesel engine sound effect. And again, the vaudeville writers, when Joe is selling her stuff, the vaudeville writers, oh what God. do they pull out? A Nixon, a Nixon sweater to, sh- to show them out of date. Yeah, a to Nixon because she's referring to how old the clothes are. But come on, yeah, really. I mean, it could it could have said Coolidge. Come on, it could have <laughs> it could have been you know Dewey wins. Make a real good joke if you're gonna do that. Make a joke out of it. it could have said all the way with JFK. Yeah, like for Christ's sake. Truly, but Nixon truly. is the one was the choice that they made. Yeah. Because it has only been out of office for eight years. Yeah. And that was that's like an Archie Bunker reference. Again, yeah. guys in their 50s. Yeah. It's like, what the shit? What teenagers were talking about Nixon yeah. in 82. Well, uh, talking about the sweatshirts that she was selling and among the other odd jobs, uh, she was doing laundry for girls. And the girl who comes in that we learn this about is she's doing the laundry of Terry. Terry Baker, whom we have met twice before. Have we? Terry is the African-American student. She was in the Who Am I episode, where Tootie brings together a group of African-American girls to try to connect with her ethnic roots. And the... Jermaine Jackson. Jermaine, she's in the Jermaine she's Jackson, Jackson fan, fan club. club. She's the one that ah. came back. And Terry, this is her third of five appearances total. She will be back twice more. Good girl. And and I like her. Her her name is Cheryl Epps. Pretty. She has these five appearances. And preceded by that, she was on one episode of Benson. No other credits. Wow. 0.0. So she didn't stick with Got the acting. Got out of the business. Got out of it. But she was good. And, and again, it's just... For the window dressing characters who have two yeah. lines walk on, yes, use people of color. Yeah. Help us to not see this as this fucking Aryan thing. Such as the girl who needed Joe to type her paper for her. Um, that we're actress... not going to talk about the lesbian reference about Joe doing girls' dirty laundry. No, I, I, I was not planning to. The no. girls are not getting all their underwear back. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and that is the last time I'm talking about Joe. Being a lesbian. <laughs> I'm not saying Nancy McKeon's a lesbian. I'm not saying no, at no, all. No. no, no, no. Let's make that clear. Yeah. And we're not saying Joe is a lesbian. Oh, I am saying Joe oh, is a lesbian. Oh, you're saying Joe's a lesbian. Okay, yes. I'm sorry. I, mis- I misunderstood. I, you, you were putting... I haven't made it clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. Uh, the girl who needs uh, her paper typed, yeah. The she's got long red hair. She's a long, she's a ginger. Mm-hmm. And she is credited here as girl number one. She was previously... Girl number two, also in the Jermaine Jackson fan club episode, <laughs> but she doesn't get a fucking name like Jill does. <laughs> Hallelujah. The white girl is just girl number one, girl, girl number, number two, two, but the black girl has a name. I think we have healed all race relations. I think so too. Reparations have been made. <laughs> Racism is funny. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. Do you know how much it costs? Blah, 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 blah. 
Um, yeah, I was hoping she would. I was hoping Natalie would say when she's asking Blair how much it would, or Joe, if she knew how much it costs to go there, or Blair. Yeah, she's asking. Do you know how much it costs to go here? I was hoping she would say. Yeah, like give us kind of an idea. Yeah, that yeah that moment where. But I loved it. Must be expensive because the joke was, um, you know, my dad reminds me. Um, every much, month, every month, every how much it week. costs every month, every week, every day to yep. come here. Joe can't make it through lunch. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That was a funny one. Yep. And uh, again, that Natalie, not Jewish, Jewish humor, that the idea <laughs> yeah. that I've got I've got a Jewish dad who keeps yeah. reminding me the money that you're costing me. <laughs> I'm out fucking my girlfriend behind your mother's back and when I should be performing surgery. Doesn't he die soon? Um, mm, it might be this season. 17 season five episode 17 so he's he's got a year and a half to live (laughs) to remind her of how much it costs there yeah um we have this interesting sitcom trope that does happen joe learns of the loss of her scholarship Mm -hmm. and of the acquisition of the wtf scholarship (laughs) both from mrs garrett Mm mm-hmm not by a registered letter saying we at the Eastland School. Are... Right. Mrs. Garrett does, I think, hand her something. But the fact is, it's like, well, uh, Joe's not going to get her scholarship. And would you hand her this letter to tell her to go fuck herself? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like the idea that we, we had this happen the other week when Joe came in to tell Natalie that she was no longer the editor of the paper. And they did kind of half try to justify it in, in Read No Evil, where Joe said, I think the advisor was looking for you and couldn't find you and thought you'd take the news better if it came from me. The creep is what Joe says. But it's that same thing of, we, we don't need to bring in another person to, to just to tell one sure. line of, of okay, I see inf- what you're saying. Yeah. expositional information. Right. You know, I mean, we, 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 we don't have to pay Mr. Parker for a day. No. Of yeah. work. We, we could, we, you know, I mean, we, we could have girl number one. Come in and she's already here. She's already here. Little redhead, say, Joe, it sucks. Here's here's a letter saying you don't come here. Anymore. Yeah, but we'd have to give her a name. And yeah, then yeah. Uh, no, then just she's have, gonna, somebody have Joe do yeah, it. Have, yeah, just, just have. She's not busy. Have Mrs. Garrett do it. She's <laughs> she's number one on the call sheet. She's she's got to do it. She's um, here. Um, uh, we can take it out of her hair and makeup time. <laughs> Speaking of which, okay, so much blush. Yeah. So yeah. we're still in since season two. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is doing this makeup? There's I mean, no excuse for it. It's I mean, yeah, granted, Blair is 18 now. She's a woman, still wearing a 40-year-old. She's she's got like like Joan Collins wore that much fucking makeup. Here's what I wonder, and tell me if I could be wrong. Um are we seeing it differently? Then it aired on TV. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is the picture quality? Oh, I see. Like, are they painting her for 80? They're painting her for 82 television, which was 
broadcast brightly and blurrily. Yeah. I see what you mean. So I don't, I, now we're seeing it like in 4K. Yeah. Where we can see if she's got some between her teeth. Like, <laughs> well, the quality of the picture is not that good. I mean, it's, yeah. it's still pretty lousy. I'm trying to find a reason for but it. But no, I, I'll give you that. You look at the movies from even, you know, the teens and the 20s. Yeah. And you can see the men have it caked on and lipstick and eyeliner. Yeah. Because the lights had to be so bright yeah. for film to capture an image that they'd be all washed out. They'd just be these ghosts. And like the lipstick is blue. Yeah. <laughs> like it's true. Like, yeah, like it's the, still very the true. black and white film, yeah. they had like brown like yeah. around their eyes. They had to really, and... really cake it on. Maybe, <clears throat> I guess, and maybe, I mean, I was in high school in 1983. I, 82 literally this is the this show is when i was beginning my freshman year of high school and i my sister was three years older my sister was a senior when i was a freshman it's like girls wore makeup they wore some mascara and some blush but wet and I mean, wild and wet and wild <laughs> some lip gloss the walgreens wet and wild brand but i'm like did you know did meredith baxter bernie have this much paint on in family ties Edith Bunker sure as fuck didn't have this much makeup on. I don't think Gene Stapleton wore any makeup as Edith Bunker. But I haven't watched an episode on like a 4K TV. Not that it was would show up in 4K, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'm sure you can see like base and like powder and shit on her. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I, just, I will say. I'm trying I, to find a benefit of the doubt for these bastards. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I am with you that that is certainly looking that could be it that somebody thought well we have to paint them because they have the big tv lights on them and stuff so and but maybe joe's just... not wearing eyeliner like blair joe doesn't is. have a smoky eye yeah but blair does yeah so i mean their character choices with their makeup as well but like... a little bit but the colors seem to be oh yeah sure yeah, but the color it... palette um but yeah i'll give you that that maybe this was at but the Natalie time what they kind of... thought um <laughs> What else about the show? What else about the show, Matthew? Arder? I have a couple things for Tootie. I have a couple notes for talk, Tootie. Talk, talk, talk to some Tootie notes. Um, first of all, she's bussing the tables, uh huh, and then leaves all of the dishes on the table that they are sitting at. Oh, like they've yeah, just yeah. They think the dishes are plastic, though. Yeah, remember that that one yeah uh, that one episode where it's like, uh oh, we broke a dish because. What was it? Who was mad? Joe or Natalie or somebody was slamming them around. And they had an ugly patterned ceramic dish that got broken. It's like, why would you have ceramic at a fucking school cafeteria? So now suddenly they were plastic. Do you know how much it costs to go to that school? How, how much? I have some idea. Um, so I didn't really like that. That's a stupid thing. Um, and also when to- Natalie tells Tootie, go make a sandwich. Yeah. And then the action does move into the kitchen. Yeah. It, I, I guess it's maybe a sitcom trope, but if you're like going to make yourself a sandwich, mm-hmm. do you really get out a plate for yourself <laughs> and like lay different cheeses on a, ta- on a plate yeah. that is different than the plate that you're putting your sandwich on? It's like she's making herself a buffet. Yeah. A sandwich it's, buffet yeah. to sit on two plates and then, and then doesn't even get to eat it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. Because so they, it's just they like, make a joke out of her moving it from one. The, the argument moves yeah. near her. She moves away. And then at the end, Joe grabs the sandwich. And there's clearly eight slices of Swiss cheese on this plate. Yeah. And I just... I, it's, it's like Natalie with the Oreos that she somehow moved from the bag to stack them. Yeah. On a plate with a doily underneath yeah. it. And it's like, who does well, that? So That's a uh, sitcom trope. For the party. Yeah. <laughs> The sitcom trope, exactly. Um, what else do we have to cover? I've covered a lot. Um, costuming. We briefly discussed Natalie's horizontal stripes. Yeah. We have not discussed Mrs. Garrett's ugly um, ass gray skirt. This is the beginning of that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it's the beginning of that Jordash kind of like, like preppy look. Uh-huh. You know what yeah. I mean? That was already starting. Yeah. And. The pleated skirts. Yes. What? Ha- why? It's it, one of those things that you want to go back in time and stop somebody. Yeah, because it's like you don't want more fabric that makes a that makes a pear shaped woman look more pear shapier. Theoretically, I get it. Yeah, like you put pleats on it because it brings things into your waist. But if you don't have a waist, those pleated things are just wrong. It, yeah, and 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 in both cases of. You know, Blair is wearing her early on in the episode. Blair says, I don't want to get anything on my on my blouse. Like yeah. she's being careful with how she's doing her chores. She names a designer. and I don't think it's a real designer. Yeah. And then when Blair takes off the apron that is supposed to be protecting this outfit, <laughs> it is an ugly ass Blair blouse with like a high cut. It's a Dorothy Michaels outfit. It really it's is. It's the way Dustin Hoffman dressed in Tootsie. Also in release in 1982. By the way. So high fashion, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, taxi, taxi, taxi! <laughs> but, uh... He got that line reading from Charlotte Ray. Yeah. <laughs> taxi, taxi, taxi! <laughs> That's how I would do it, Dustin, if I were you. But um, we have shoulder pads. We have big poofy sleeves that gather around the wrist. It's not too far from her Carmen Sandiego outfit from The Facts of Light Goes to Paris because we're once again trying to costume a girl that we perceive is fat yeah. when she's not. Fat. And she but has... in fairness, this was a uh, slimmer skirt. It this was. This was a straight skirt. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was flattering. A terrible length, though, to, for uh, an 18-year-old girl would never... Yeah, I mid-calf. What the fuck? denim <laughs> well no it was blue. it was almost yeah. like an eastland blue yeah and um so it was yeah it was blue and then she had on this blouse and then later when she came back from her date it was like oh good there's an ugly blazer that goes with it not the same blue blazer that is her eastland no, blue blazer matches the skirt though. this is the and one that matches the skirt it's like a suit it's because all 18 year old girls are like you know what i need for dates a suit skirt suit yeah because <laughs> What is that? <laughs> then pleated stuff came back in the 90s. Yeah. How did that happen? I, uh, we learned nothing in the 80s. So all these people, they're like, oh, the 80s were awesome. No, they no, weren't. No. We learned nothing. No. Um, <clears throat> other funny jokes. When uh, Mrs. Garrett says to Joe, you should ask the guidance counselor about other options for other possible scholarships. Yeah. And Joe said, I don't think he's going to help me. Last time I went to him about career options, he said, I should marry a rich man. Uh, I'm sorry, marry a good man. Yeah. And then Tootie goes, I went to him and he told me the same thing too. And then Natalie goes, 
I went to him and he told me to become a lawyer. <laughs> ah. <laughs> now, they do allude to the fact, I think it's Mrs. Garrett that says, you could probably get this scholarship without Blair putting in a good word for you. Yeah. And um, that almost would have been an interesting way to have it happen, have someone interfered. Maybe have Mrs. Garrett have submitted the scholarship and then have her say, oh, right. I get it. And then Blair, you worked your magic. Fuck you. I don't want your scholarship. And have Blair say, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Well, I she waited. kind of does. She didn't. All she said, she says, she does say I didn't do anything. She said, all I did was give them the facts or something like that. I like she kind of admits to like, all I did was put it in the mail. Like, uh, I filled out the application well, for she you. said, But there, in no way does she say, I called my dad and I said, give her this. Like, you know? So I, I took it like, like, Natalie, like, Blair kind of uh, like was like, I just put, I just filled out the application with all of the stuff about you in it and sent it off. Uh, <clears throat> I, I mean... The, we the, watched the, two different episodes. Well, well the dialogue... Like. Here's the thing. Here's where I think you're getting... Here's where I can understand you might be confusing some stuff. Here's here's where I think you're being stupid, Matthew. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. I do see your point, Blair. We just re-listen to this. Blair says I didn't do anything you couldn't have done yourself. Yeah. But she didn't pull the Warner the Blair cards. She didn't. Yeah. Pull. It would have mm. been nice if it was clearer to have her say, yeah. "I was going to wait and see." how the scholarships came about and then I was going to call and yeah. or or even better still have Blair say when I went to make the call it was too late and they had already awarded the scholarships there you go and guess what you yeah. got it and you didn't need me yeah. that would have been fucking awesome okay. mark that down for the time machine time machine trip. time machine there it is <laughs> for the time machine punch up script punch, punch up <laughs> we have some newts as you say <laughs> have a few newts um Okay, Mrs. Garrett, we, we forgot to continue our ugly costuming. Mrs. Garrett is wearing <laughs> a, the, the hideous light gray. Yeah. Um, light gray skirt. And then three weeks later, when Joe says, I've been working like a dog for three weeks and I still haven't saved enough money and this isn't going to work. Mrs. Garrett reappears. Same skirt, but now with an ugly jacket. Yeah. Matches. Different blouse. Different blouse, but same skirt three but, weeks later. And and it just is not it's tailored, but it's just not flattering. It's and, like it's like she went to Sears. Yeah. Which in nineteen eighty two was the That was the shit valid man. thing. That's I where you get I got my school portraits there. Went to pennies. <laughs> we have a couple of acting moments for Charlotte Ray that have to be highlighted. For your Emmy consideration for this season. Do not involve her balloon knot. Uh, no. <laughs> you are a 12-year-old. I am. <laughs> I can't help it. We have two moments. Uh-huh. At the beginning of the episode, when she comes in with the news about the cutbacks, while she's standing next to Joe, she says, These cutbacks are absolutely appalling! <laughs> And she does that thing where she punches the words. And it's like, okay. And then later when Blair reveals that she she got the scholarship and Joe is mad at Blair, she says, I told you I didn't want your crummy scholarship. And Mrs. Garrett walks up 
and says, It's the same crummy scholarship you were thrilled with a minute ago. And throws her hands up in the air. And it's like, As high as she can in that blazer. It's... it's Uh, They had to do another take so they could attack the armpits that tore open (laughs) during the um, thing. But, whoa, a couple of uh, broad Charlotte Ray moments that was probably best she didn't win the Emmy. Because to follow it up with this and the facts of, like, Goes to Paris would have been like... Like, you would punch that line if you were saying that. If you were saying that. If I was saying that to you, you would punch that word. That's the word that would get the... Yeah. The... But that's the same scholarship you were just thrilled about. Yeah. You were just thrilled about that scholarship. Yeah. But... But You you were just... David. Yeah. You were just thrilled (laughs) about that scholarship. Would never... Come out of my mouth. Regardless of... Yeah. She's a wonderful comedian. Yeah. Regardless of pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a pitch. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a volume issue. So I think I've covered all the bits and pieces that okay, I wanted to true. talk about. Um, we just need to touch upon the end of it. The end of the episode is so fucking sweet. You wish that the earlier part of the episode didn't have them acting so literally like, well, I hate her. I'm not going to take her scholarship. Yeah. When Blair... Which... <sighs> Are we still there? Yeah. With Joe and Blair? Exactly. How many times last season, in talking about the episode, were you like, once again, Blair shows her heart and her true colors and her friendship. And Joe's still like, this bitch. Yeah. Really? She's taken care of you a lot. Yeah. Like, as a friend, not just monetarily or whatever. Agreed. As a friend. She's really been there for you. Yeah. The past year past two years yeah and joe does say well you made me mad there is that sense of joe still having that chip on her shoulder that that bronx thing i'm i'm not defending it right. i'm with you particularly because um when it first comes about to blair that the scholarship is <laughs> they even say don't you know that your family gives a scholarship <laughs> and she was kind of like that's so like them yeah. <laughs> there was something like no we're very generous. Yeah, they would, wouldn't they? Yeah. So when that comes about, she turns is like, oh, well, Joe, we'll take care of it. She starts kind of playing that lofty fake Blair yeah. thing. And Joe goes to DEFCON 5 with, yeah. fuck no, I'm not putting up with this, and I'm not going to be beholden to this. Ain't going to be beholden. <laughs> hey, baby, Ain't hold on. I'm saving all my holding for you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> it's it's hard and it's contrived because the the whole um, the whole fight, the whole conflict of this is predicated on the two of them taking a very literal approach to the surface of their friendship, right? As opposed to. We live together. We are friends and you can yeah. help me and I need help. Joe, I'm not saying it's easy for Joe to ask for help, but she's still, she's not the same girl she was two years ago. No. And how many times did, in the last season, did Joe say, hey, I'm hanging out with these other friends? Yeah. Not once. No. She's your best friend, Joe. Yeah. Taking the bike down to the arcade. Yeah, it's been two years. Yeah, they're your best friends. So when we finally get to the end, this is where you and I started felting the fields. We really did. So when they're alone, Joe says, you weren't supposed to interfere 
we had a pact. And Blair says, we didn't have a pact. We I had a fight. It's, it was beautifully simple. I, I typed a lot of these verbatim. This is where I reverted to my old ways. Um, and Joe says, well, whatever. When you take a stand, you stick to it, and you don't go back on your word. It's a matter of pride. Yeah. And Blair says... This has nothing to do with pride. This has to do with you leaving school. This is ridiculous. And that's when Joe says, well, you got me mad. And Blair says, well, you always make me mad. You make me furious. And then Joe, more tenderly, say say it. But we're best friends. (laughs) But she says, but, well, then why did you do this for me? And Blair says, because I didn't want you to go. I can admit we're friends, even if you can't. And and the Emmy goes too. And the Emmy goes too, exactly. <laughs> and Blair says, and that's what a friendship is. I do something for you, and and Joe finishes the sentences and says, and then I have to do something for you. Yeah. And Blair says, no, I do something for you, and you let me do it. Yeah. And then Joe really saw, I mean, Nancy McKeon on a dime turns and she says, but then I owe you, don't I? Like really sensitively. And Blair says, you owe the gas company. You owe Bloomingdale's. You don't owe your friends. You just get through things together. And they pause and look at each other. Awkward little extra pause that we wish wasn't there. There it is. There it is. There it is. It was coming. Uh, And curtain. (laughs) That is some of the most beautiful writing I think that has ever appeared on the show. And the way Lisa delivered it Uh, was that, like, it wasn't like she had already thought of to say the gas company in Bloomingdale's. It was literally like she was searching for things in her brain. Yeah, just, like I just oh, loved, she was just a great yeah, delivery. Like, like yeah, you owe you, the the gas company. You owe Bloomingdale. Like, yeah, the idea that how I've never it never occurred to her to attach those words. Yeah. Oh, and friendship. So, so therefore, the the biggest issue with this episode from the writing, like I said earlier, what we really at this stage of their friendship, what should have happened is Blair should have said. Blair would have said what she said. She would have been like, Joe, I will take care of it. I'll make one phone call. And Joe just would have said, you are not going to pull this this crap, are you? I am not going to be beholden to you for this. I have to know if you do this, that we're going to be square, that you're just doing this because you want to help me. As opposed to, this is now a conflict and yeah. I'm mad at you and I'm going to take on odd jobs yeah. and raise the money and fuck you. I would have loved at the end, I would have rewritten the ending to where she says, you let me. And maybe you say thank you. Oh. And then Nancy McKeon turns on the waterworks yeah. and says thank you. Hmm. That would have been a sweet ending for me. Oh. That would have been a nice balloon knot at the end. <laughs> a little, to tie it up. To tie it all To up. tie it up, as it were. Tight little balloon knot. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but it's that thing of Joe being like, there's still so much of Joe going, fuck, yeah. I'm learning to be a better person. Yeah. Fuck, I'm... <laughs> I this person is my friend. I have to admit that. 
And do you now in my memory, it all changes and it it's the acceptance is through this season, I think. Because if I remember correctly, there is a very tender moment between the two of them when they go graduate high school. Yes. Or is it graduating from Langley? No, it's graduating from this. Yeah. Yeah, it's the... They don't show the graduation. They show the two of them freaking out. And Blair, once again, being the better friend, Yeah, has a real tender moment with yeah. Joe. They have two moments. One of them is in the one that we love the the take my finals please the overnight <laughs> there's a point when Tootie and Natalie are asleep and both of them it's like do you ever like get scared these are our final finals what's next yeah. like there's that but then in the graduation episode they're about to go in everyone's there just in the lobby it's like we're here can you believe it no more cleaning up dishes no more listening to Tootie and Natalie yeah. no more of having to serve the food no more this and then there's a point they stop and they just yeah. go, no more. I mean, ugh. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but they're going to end this edible. I know, but the show's not over yet. <laughs> We're going to contrive some of the most unfathomable, stupid shit to get them under the same roof for five more years. There comes a point where you're going to watch this and say, please, no more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my anyways, darling, I'm sorry. We this, will have you've you. Got a lot of editing to do. That's okay. I love this. So, as always, thank yeah. you for coming. Thank you for making the long and lengthy trek. Thank you for your research and your time and your expertise and your humor. And I adore you, Matthew Arter. We'll see you soon. Bye. Mwah. Oh, that voice. Ugh. <laughs> And there you have it. That was Matthew Arder. A little correction I need to make is that I referred to the theme from Rocky as flying on, and that's wrong. It's actually called Gonna Fly Now, and uh, you you know the song. Everybody knows the song. It's quite famous. Um, also, I talked about which episode did Charlotte Ray get her nomination for her Emmy. Well, thanks to the Facts of Life fans, Facebook page moderated by a wonderful font of knowledge named David Davis. He tells me that the episode was Give and Take. The episode where she had to take on the side job because her pension fund went bankrupt. Uh, I was really hoping that it was going to be for Read No Evil just because I liked the episode better. But oh well, okay. If that's the one she was nominated for, so be it. Cannot change history. Other than, of course, our time machine notes that we give the writers every week. What else did I mean to... Oh, we talked about Michael Learned. I neglected to remember the most obvious thing about her. She was very well known in the 70s because Michael Learned was the mother on the Waltons. Duh. I didn't really watch that show, but I should have known that. I can't believe it just slipped my mind during the show. Next week, I'm going to be watching Season 4, Episode 2, entitled The Source. And I'm going to have another very special guest. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. 
Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs>